Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Park Hull, and we're going to explore how to sell more by saying less. We're going to talk about a killer principle that will allow you to persuade and tell a story. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. By the way, last week, I forgot to mention that this podcast is nine years old. Some of you have been listening literally since the beginning. And the 12th of August is the day that we launched this podcast. And I have been faithfully bringing an episode to you every week now for nine years. It is just a joy to continue to do this show. I absolutely love it. It's become a real passion of mine. So I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate you listening. And I hope you enjoy the work that me and my team put in every week. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. If you are a regular listener to the show, I would love you to message me. Let me know what you think about the show. And if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining. There's a lot of great content in the archives for you here. Be sure to follow the show so you do not miss any of our future content. Does using Google Docs, email, Dropbox, and Slack make your social media workflow clunky and painful to execute? Do you wish there was a better way to manage your client or stakeholder approvals for your Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube content? Your solution is Sked Social, the social media planning, scheduling, and collaboration platform for smart marketers. Here's what Sked does for you. Number one, Sked Social simplifies and automates the entire life cycle of your social content. It handles everything from one-click approvals to auto-posting your amazing content. Number two, store, organize, and schedule your images and videos all in one place. Skip searching through folders in the cloud and get right to what you need faster. Number three, search and track hashtags to find and showcase user-generated content. Number four, supercharge your Instagram strategy with in-depth hashtag analytics, expanded audience and stories insights, and comprehensive competitor reporting. Sked Social was built to streamline your team, client, and influencer processes. 10,000 brands and agencies trust Sked Social. Start your extended 14-day free trial by visiting skedsocial.com slash SME. 
And if you like what you see, you'll save 50% on your first month with SCED. Again, visit scedsocial.com slash SME. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. All right, let's transition over to this week's interview with Park Howell. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Park Howell. If you don't know who he is, he's a storytelling strategist who helps marketers and content specialists grow their business using story. His podcast is The Business of Story. He authored the book Brand Bewitchery, How to Wield the Story Cycle System to Craft Spellbinding Stories for Your Brand. And his latest book is The Narrative Gym for Business. And his course is called The ABTs of Selling. Park, welcome back to the show. Michael, it's great to be back here after what, five years or so? Yeah, it's been a while. So I'm excited to talk to you. Folks, we're going to be exploring with Park how you can sell more by actually saying less and instead leveraging the power of story. I'm very excited to dig in on this, but I guess my first question, Park, before we go down into the rabbit trails of stories and such is you mentioned it's been about five years since you've been on the show. What's changed for you maybe in the last five years since you were on the show? Yeah. And you know what? That was a hallmark episode for me because I hadn't been on a lot of shows up to that point. And you recorded that show. I listened to it on the way to social media marketing world the very first time I presented there. Ah. And thank you for having me back five other occasions. I mean, it's been fantastic. But yeah, on that show, we talked about the complexity of story because that's where I began. Really, my work in story began about 2004 when I was running my ad agency and trying to figure out why our branding wasn't working anymore, why our approach to communication wasn't connecting and engaging like it used to be. And what it ultimately came down to is, of course, technology, social media, e-commerce, where brands used to own the influence of mass media. The masses at that time had become the media and they're more vocal today than ever. And so I studied story, of course, found Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey, which a number of people have found, mapped that to story creation, brand crafting story creation. And that was my first book is about brand bewitchery in the 10 step story cycle system. But in doing that, it works really, really well. And then I've helped companies grow by as much as 600% using it. It's complicated. And so often now, I simply get the call of, Park, can you come in and help our sales team? Can you help our content marketing team with storytelling? And since we chatted last, Michael, I've made the complex simple through this narrative framework called the and, but, and therefore. And what I've learned is it is with the ABT, the and, but, therefore, where all storytelling really begins. So I'm excited to share that with you today. Well, I'm excited to dig in on that with you for sure. There are some marketers listening right now that are not using story in their marketing. And I would love for you to make the case as to why this is such an important part of marketing. Well, the very first question I would ask them is when were the last time you were bored into buying anything? Never. 
And, you know, when we lead with features and functions with a little bit of benefit thrown in and we're doing chest pounding around the brand and how wonderful our product and service is and you ought to just buy it, you know, obviously we're the best out there. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't work. The masses are the media and they have such great BS monitors. They can see right through that. And when you tell a story, it's about putting your audience at the center of that story. And that's becoming a very popular rule of thumb now is your story is not about your brand, but it's about your audience. And when you do that, you have much deeper engagement because it makes you understand and empathize with what your audience actually wants in life and why that's important to them. But here's the problem why they don't have it. And therefore, you are the solution on how to help them get it. That is a very basic story structure of setup problem resolution. And it's that problem solution dynamic that our cause and effect limbic system subconscious brain absolutely loves. And if you don't intentionally use it, the intuitive storyteller in you is going to get lazy and default back to features and functions. Yeah, it's fascinating because for those of us that are what I call gray hairs that have been around in the marketing world for a little while, which I think you and I both qualify. In the olden days, it was all about features and benefits. Well, it wasn't even features and benefits. It was just features, you know? Like there was a day when I used to work in Sears in the computer department in the early days when, you know, uh, Macintoshes were colored. Some of you guys are going to remember these, right? They didn't have, I, the iMacs had these colorful domes on them and there were, you know, people would come in and they'd be buying like their first computer, you know? And the challenge back then before Apple doing this was, well, how much memory does it have? How big is the hard drive and what's the CPU speed, right? That's all people cared about back then. And it was just this race to the bottom, right? To try to differentiate, well, this one's got a faster CPU in it or this one's less money. And the truth of the matter is that's kind of the old way we used to sell. But now this new concept that you're talking about using story, and I just told the story, Story does something, doesn't it, Park? It actually kind of slows down time for the brain and it allows us to connect, right? In some weird way. Am I close on that? Yeah, it, it does slow down time. Not physically, but it feels like it, right? It, it's it feels like it, but it really transports your audience if you've done it well from where they are to where to let them imagine what tomorrow can look like with you. But in order to get that, they have to overcome this particular problem and you're there to help them get it. It's a very basic dynamic that's been around really since our ancestors navigated and survived the savanna. It's the same limbic system that we use to navigate and survive the internet and this onslaught of communication that we get. Stories are nothing more than learning devices, and some people would argue they're more important for our evolution and survival than our opposable thumbs because Homo sapiens are the only creatures that we know of that can think, plan, and act in story. And that's why we're probably the most aggressive, invasive species ever because of that story dynamic. And Another benefit that marketers probably will key in on is the fact that it can create a more engaged audience, right? Because that's something we care about as marketers. We want some level of engagement. It's either eyeballs or it's time or it's clicks or whatever, right? But a story somehow increases the likelihood that an action will be taken, right? Oh, absolutely. Let me give you an example of this. So I was working with Sharp Electronics in a 
virtual sales training program earlier this year and teaching them about this and button, therefore, story dynamic. And all I ever have to do is to go to one of their landing pages and contrast what they currently have to what they could have when they use a story dynamic. And for any of your listeners, I'd do this right now. Go to one of your landing pages and maybe one you're most proud of and look at it and see if it's nothing but chest pounding and features and functions versus talking to your audience from their point of view. So what I did, went to Sharp, and I pulled up one of their landing pages on document systems. Let me read this for you. This is what they currently have. For years, Sharp Document Products and Solutions have been earning high praise and a prestigious awards from leading MFP testing organizations. For Sharp, this represents more than just an accumulation of accolades. It means that trusted industry experts as well as customers recognize the remarkable innovation, user-friendly design, outstanding reliability, so on and so forth. Wah, 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 right? (laughs) So it's all chest pounding. Right. And nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. So I just simply rewrote it in the form of an and button, therefore story, by the way, cut it. I think they had 87 words in this, in theirs. And I got it down to about 46. Now listen to and feel the difference. Shorter runs, quicker turnaround times, complete control over your in-house printing. It's what you want but your productivity is currently stuck on pause. Therefore, Sharp Digital MFPs and copier printers will have you printing like a pro with our industry-leading innovation, user-friendly design, outstanding reliability, unsurpassed security, and boundless expandability. So I cut their features in half because you don't need to go on and on and on. People get it, but it was completely told from the customer's point of view. Shorter runs, quicker turnaround times, complete control over your in-house printing. It's what you want. And so you get them agree, you know, in, in a state of agreement. Yes, yes, that is what I want. But the problem is you're currently stuck on pause for whatever reason. Therefore, we at Sharp can do this for you. Now, here's the punchline in all this. Michael, two days later, one of their national sales reps sends an email to the sponsor that brought me in to do the training and says, I can't remember the guy's name. But that little messaging marvel is unbelievable. I simply just swiped what he had in our presentation, put it on the front of one of my presentations, and closed a piece of business that I had not been able to move on in four or five months. And he said, I don't know what's in this thing, but it sure got the attention of my audience. That's an example of story in action. It's not actually a story where you've got a central character other than you're making your customer the central character here, but it uses that story dynamic of setup, problem, resolution, again, that our limbic system loves. Okay. So folks, this stuff works. Just trust me in part that it really works. And now what we're going to do is dig a little deeper here. And I know that's a horrible thing to say, just trust us, but we're going to, we're going to explain how it works in a lot more detail. So your method is called the ABT and, but, and therefore, and before we get into the, the, the particulars of it, in what circumstances is this best to be used? You mentioned a sales uh, presentation as an example. Where else could something like this be used from a marketing perspective or sales perspective? Yeah, great question. You can use it in every aspect of your messaging and communication. And when I train this, I just trained a sales and marketing team at Carrie 
today, a big foods company. And I tell them, use them in your emails. You have to write emails every day. So practice the ABT in your emails. They will be shorter. They will be much more to the point. You will have a natural call to action built into it if you have a call to action needed. And your readership will love you for it. I heard this when I was teaching at ASU and my students there would say, oh my God, the ABT is fabulous for my email writing. People are saying, I finally understand what you're talking about. But it's also great to bridge that gap between marketing hyperbole and the sales stories that your sales team actually need out there. One of the other exercises I give them is I said, okay, let's pull up one of your landing pages and no marketers, you don't get to rewrite it. And I want the salesperson to rewrite it using an ABT. You can use it to focus all of your sales presentations. You start with an ABT and that singular narrative it provides to keep you utterly focused in your presentation and make it super easy for your audience to get it, to digest it, because you get the singular narrative using that problem solution dynamic. And then I often hear, Michael, and we've all been there, G Park, my boss will only give me five minutes and I'm trying to push this sales initiative up the chain. And how can I possibly do it in five minutes? Here's how you do it. I've seen this happen time and time again. You get your ABT so well-crafted that you can share it in under 15 seconds. Mm. You get your boss nodding, leaning in and saying, well, geez, Mike, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. And then they almost always ask, at least implicitly, give me an example. Then all you do is you share a little anecdotal story where you have seen this in action within the company has a timestamp, a location stamp, a central character, action surprise in that story that makes your business point for you. You can tell that story in under a minute. So maybe you need to take a little bit longer between your ABT and your story, which is really an expanded ABT. You are now in your presentation exactly two minutes. You used two proven narrative frameworks on your audience to hook their limbic system to get them leaning in. Now you have three minutes to back it up with the data and the charts and the graphs and whatever you need. What typically happens is that boss goes, oh my God, you're right, this is a problem. Let's take a few more minutes and you may end up spending 30 minutes in there. That's the power of this thing. It just makes you focus, makes you research and understand, empathize with your audience, what they want, and then enables you to articulate it so clearly it blows them away. Okay, ABT, where'd you come up with this concept? Well, I didn't come up with it. It's actually been around since the beginning of time, but I've been very fortunate to know an evolutionary biologist, uh, Harvard PhD, Randy Olson. Randy Olson gave up uh, his tenure, went to USC film school, graduated, produced three documentaries on climate change and global warming, but more importantly, has written five books teaching the science and academic community how to use what he learned in Hollywood and storytelling to share their big ideas. Mm. In Randy's second book called Connection that came out in 2013, I was sent an advanced copy of it. Didn't know Randy, it just came out of blue. And I started reading through it. And when I saw the ABT as he described it, which by the way, he got from South Park, there's a fabulous video on YouTube called Six Days to Air that documents how Matt Stone and Trey Parker and their writing team produce a brand new 
South Park episode in six days. So if there's a new one going on uh, Comedy Central this Sunday, what we are talking here on a Thursday, they're done with the script and it's in animation and voiceover work. Wow. Well, that's pretty remarkable to have that short amount of time, no room for air to produce a series that has lasted as long as South Park has. And they have in the writer's room this rule of replacement. If you have and, 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 and in your copy, in your scripts, which most of us do in business, we are going to and you to death, you're dead. You get one and, but then they say the rule of emplacement, whenever you can get rid of an and and replace it with a but and a therefore, it keeps your script moving. It keeps your story advancing and it keeps that limbic system aroused and waiting for the fulfillment of what you have to say or what you have to sell. So I learned it from Randy. He and I have been working on it ever since. He teaches it pretty much exclusively in the science and academic world. I am a part of some of his training programs in that, but I brought it to branding and business and sales and marketing because I saw it from a brand standpoint of taking a complex brand story and simplifying it down to the core narrative that your customer can immediately get, I found the ABT to be the single strongest narrative tool I've ever come across. And remember, Michael, I came from the complex world of the hero's journey, boiling it down and then arriving and really mutating that complexity into the simplicity of the ABT. So whenever I train on any storytelling anywhere in business, I always begin with the ABT. It's a prereq to everything else I train in storytelling. Okay, so let's start with the and and kind of explain what that means so people can wrap their head around it and then the but and then the therefore. So like break it down, like maybe define these in ways that we can wrap our head around it for those who are listening. You bet. And is a statement of agreement. All you're trying to do with that first statement is to validate your audience, let them know that you understand what's important to them and what's at stake in their life. Now, Michael, why this is so important is oftentimes sales folks and marketers are trained to lead with the problem. And the problem with leading with the problem is if your audience doesn't see it as a problem the way you do, you already have created an adversarial relationship, and now you have to prove yourself to your audience. Mm. We have found it's way more powerful to lead with what they want, get them to imagine what tomorrow, a better tomorrow can look like. And in so doing, you are demonstrating to them that you actually understand and empathize and care about what they want. You get them nodding, statement of agreement. You get them nodding, and then you pull the world out from underneath them but you don't have it because of this problem, because you need to buy this, because you got to get involved in doing this. Wait, wait, hold, hold on real quick. Let me get back to the and. Oh, yes. When I hear and, usually there's two things connected like X and Y. So help me understand why it's called and, because that part is a little confusing to me. Yeah, it, I think it's just that conjunction word. And the way I like to uh, teach this in business is before that and, I want you to identify your audience, what they want, and why it's important to them. Ah, that's the key. So you're leveling them up. That's the key. Okay. So you're a marketer and you want more sales. Yeah. And you want, you know, well, my shortest ABT that I could ever think of is most communicators or most executives communicate and care, but bore. Okay. Therefore, tell a story. 
So ah. it is you're just simply setting it up and you're raising the stakes as to what they want out of life as every good story does to keep the audience involved in it in that statement of agreement. And you just want them to be nodding yes. That You're exactly right. That's exactly what I want. How do you pick one thing? Because that's probably a struggle, right? <laughs> you've got to listen. You've got to go in and you've got to do your homework. You know, how often have we all gotten lazy in our own content creation? I know I have. And, oh, I think I know what this person wants. And you write out there and you, you shoot out your content or you get in front of them and it, it falls flat. But you have to go in and understand them. So I work with sales teams and go through their customer profiles and then really interview the sales, individual salespeople and say, is this for real or what are you actually hearing in the field? Once you understand what that pain point is with your audience, that's where you begin with your and button. Therefore, you understand what they want, but you even more so understand what is standing in their way. And it's just due diligence like in anything. You got to know your audience in a godlike way. Well, and I would imagine if you're not in sales, but you're more in marketing, this is where survey data to your customers would come in handy. And you want to look for probably recurring patterns, right? You want to look for the thing that seems to be present more often. Like what's the big thing that they desire, right? Because there's little things like, for example, I know that marketers want more leads more exposure and more sales. But in the end, it's always about the sales. <laughs> right? It totally is. Yeah. I'm going to pick the thing that most of them I know absolutely want. I'm guessing, right? That's where I'm hearing, right? That's where I, I say, hey, you're a marketer and you want more sales. I mean, for my audience, I know that's going to connect with them rather than say, and you want more exposure because I know it's not as big of a desire as more sales is. So Am I getting close to how you would proceed with something like this? You are. And I would really underscore, too, the power of stories always rests in the specifics. So it may be more sales, but it may be even more specific than that. Is ah. it So what, what would more sales actually mean to them? In one case, I'm working with Alice Hyman, who is just this amazing sales consultant. She works only with CEOs. In her case, for talking to that CEO – is you want more sales and it's important because you ultimately want a higher valuation for your company when you're ready to sell it. So in their case, it's not just sales. What does that sales represent? In their case, it's a higher valuation. But you're, you don't have sales because your team isn't trained accordingly. Therefore, then come in and offer that. So you're always trying to look for, and here's what always happens when you first write your, your, your first ABTs, they are by nature going to be general. And just get that general thinking down as you write them out and then go and start dissecting it and try to make it as specific to your audience as possible. So yes, everybody in business wants greater sales, but to a CEO, those higher sales actually might mean something different. I love that. And in this case, it's that valuation of the company. That's what we're putting then. Here's that, what's at stake for you. Yeah. You want more customers like this, perhaps the most valuable customers. So the but, talk to me a little bit. We've kind of explored the and. The but comes obviously instead, like you mentioned, you can just keep going and 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 that doesn't work as well, right? So you've got to inject the but in there. So what exactly is the but? Just clarify that a little bit more. Yeah, the butt is the problem. The butt is act two. This is when you have a real ball in play. And what you're trying to do, Michael, is be as succinct and specific in your statement of agreement to get them nodding. But then you want to create contradiction. Why don't you have it? But here is the problem. And the greater delta 
the greater contrast you can create between that and statement and the but statement, your audience will give you all day long for your therefore answer, which is all about you. But that but is critical. And we have, in our research, have pretty much determined that but is probably the single most powerful word in the English language because it signifies change. This and this and this, but this, the brain immediately says, uh-oh, wait a minute, what, what, what happened? You were taking me down this one path, but now I'm over here. We have aroused it. Now you've got to fulfill it in the therefore. So a lot of people argue with me and say, I've always been taught to never, ever, ever use the word but in business. In fact, I saw a guy on LinkedIn just the other day arguing that. Yeah, people would rather say however or something else, right? Anything but but, right? <laughs> yeah, but why would you take your strongest weapon out of your arsenal? Now, here's when you don't use it. You know, hey, Michael, I'm so glad you joined our company a year ago. Uh, your contributions have been amazing and everybody really loves you here. But <laughs> so, right. so what have I done? I've just negated just everything yeah. that I said before that. So in leadership, yeah, that doesn't work. But that's not what we're talking about here. Right. We are talking about sales. We are talking about throwing your audience, your buyer, your prospects world into imbalance or at least getting them to embrace that imbalance because you have a way through your product or service that you can bring resolution back in there. You can use however, you can use yet. There's any number of words you can use in replacement for but, but why would you? If you know that but <laughs> is the single most powerful word yeah. to highlight that contradiction, use the darn thing. I love how you use it, even when you're describing it. Now, how do we decide which problem to focus on when we talk about the but, right? Because there's a million things we could potentially, in the same way, the and, you know, statement of agreement, we got to get precision on that problem. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You had asked me earlier, what are some of the uses of the ABT? The ABT is also a marvelous story listening tool. So you're sitting across from a customer, a boss or whatever, and we've all been there when they just vomit on you with all their problems and they're so frustrated, they're just going on and on and on because no one's listening to them. What you do when you get good at using the ABT is you listen as they're telling you this and you start formulating an ABT in your head. When they finally take a breath, you say, that's interesting, Sally. You know, what I heard you say is you want this and it's important because of this, but you don't have it because of this. Therefore, you're looking for such and such a solution. And three things happen. Number one, they think you're some sort of Svengali. They're like, you <laughs> actually said that better than I said it. How'd you do that? Right. Then they stop, they look at you and they go, oh my God, you actually listened to me. Thank you. And then something really miraculous happens, not all the time, but often. They will say, you said that so clearly that I realized I forgot to tell you one other thing. And it's always that one other thing that is their real problem. And all you've done in this process is help them clarify their thinking while you have gotten to the real root of what their problem is. And that then becomes your ABT when you go back for selling. Well, and I, and, and I think it's really important that people actually, marketers that are listening right now, when they're working on the butt, they don't pick the company line for butt. They pick the customer line for butt, right? 
because the company might say you need this fastest printer in the world, right? But that's not their real problem, right? Their real problem is what they're telling you. And, and they need to hear that back is what I'm hearing. They need to hear that someone else gets them, right? Am I close? You're, you're dead on. You're placing them at the center of your communication, at the center of your story. They are now the hero in your journey. And you, all of your communication, because it has to come from their point of view, because in building your ABT, you are understanding and empathizing with where they are in their life and what it is they want and why they don't have it. So it, it makes you switch that pendulum, that major paradigm shift from it being about you and the brand and your product and service to about your customer and what they want. You come in then in that therefore statement, again, as their mentor or guide, which is a actually a, a stronger role in any story. You know, we have the protagonist. We follow through any story. You know, take Luke Skywalker. That Star Wars is about Luke Skywalker. And Obi-Wan. Make no mistake about it. A singular character. Yeah. But look at all of his mentors and guides that without them, there would be no journey. There would be no story. And that is where the brand comes in. Okay. So we've got the and, we've got the but. And then the therefore, like, help us with this transition, because this is probably the key to everything, right? So we've gotten them to agree with us with the and we've, we've, we've issued some sort of statement of agreement and we've resonated that we've gotten them to resonate with the problem. And we're about to therefore introduce something. What is therefore exactly? Like dig in on that a little bit. Yeah. Therefore is your story is how you are there to help them get what they want out of life. So this is where, like we did in that sharp example, we were able to take two-thirds of their copy, get rid of it, focus on their key features and functions, but they are all in the context of the reader's, the customer's problem. So the therefore actually becomes one of the easiest statements in all of this to write because it's about you. It's about what you are so naturally able to talk about in your business and how you can help them overcome and achieve what they want. How I coach people to write these ABTs is start with your but statement. Get a piece of paper out, put a big but there, and write down, but the problem is this. Then write your therefore statement to set up that problem. Again, building as much contrast between that statement of agreement and the but statement then leads to the final therefore statement. Let's take social media marketing world. You've been there for many years. Let's run this through this analogy. How would this work? You know, I would imagine the but is that they don't know how to leverage the latest in, in marketing techniques or social marketing strategies, right? That would be my but, right? That's their problem. Therefore, you need professional training, right? And you need to go somewhere where the experts are who are willing to show you the way. Am I close? Am I okay on the but and the therefore or am I totally off? Yeah, no, no. So I would say I start with your but. So the great thing about social social media marketing world is you have all these experts and it's all the latest stuff. It's everything that's trending that's working out there. Right. So the but is there is so much going on, you know, in your social media marketing world attendee that you don't know where to begin. Okay. It's confusing. What, you know, what, but you don't know what up. to leverage. Yeah, so exactly. I might start with something like that. And then I would go to the and statement of agreement. And I apologize if I said that exactly backwards leading into this. I may have. I want you to go to the statement of agreement to lead up to that. But so it might be something like you are a dedicated social professional, social media professional, and you long to connect with prospects to make them lifelong customers. But 
social media channels are confusing and you're not connecting as well as you could be. Therefore, come to Social Media Marketing World, meet the foremost experts and learn on all the latest trends so that you can return being the social media professional you aspire to be. Something like that. Love it. Okay, so this is where the therefore gets interesting. We could speak therefore in a generic way or in a specific way. I'm guessing therefore you need training and the best place to get that training is at this conference or should we be very specific when we're getting into the solution? Do you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, you want to be specific on the singular problem. So in your case, you may end up with several different ABTs depending on who you're talking to to bring them in. So let's just use training. I, I like that idea. Yeah, I meant the solution though. Do I say, therefore, you need to come to Social Media Marketing World or do I say, therefore, you need to come to a place where you can learn more? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yes, and what I want you to do is, therefore, what the solution is, is you need more training. This is in the ABT, the how and then the what, or I'm sorry, the what and then the how. Ah, okay. So okay. you set it up that you've got this problem. The what is the problem is you need more training. And the what in the solution is, therefore, get more training at how, at Social Media Marketing World by connecting with the leading experts in social media trends and so forth. Love. It's another dynamic in the ABT that I, I think we were going to talk about a little bit later yep. is the what and the how. So the what is the problem. You also want to introduce that right after you're there for. So if the problem is training, you know, but you don't have the training you need to understand and take advantage of these channels. Therefore, get that training at Social Media Marketing World. Okay, cool. You mentioned the lymphatic system multiple times during this uh, discussion. Limbic, L-I-M-B-I-C. Limbic, sorry, yeah, I got it. Some people that understand the body are like, no, Mike, that's not what he said. Okay, limbic, what the heck is that system? And like, help us understand psychologically what that does. I'm curious about that. Why is that important? I am no neuroscientist, but I sure have read a heck of a lot about it. And I've had a lot of them on my podcast, Business of Story. What it is, is basically that subconscious limbic system made up of the amygdala, the hippocampus, and some of these other uh, very primal functions in the brain that operate automatically. And they have been around, they're you know, often called our lizard brain, because a lizard brain has no neocortex. It can't think for itself. It operates purely off of instinct. Is that going to kill me or is it not going to kill me? Can I eat that thing? Well, our brain has that same thing happening in it. And it's what has guaranteed our survival ever since we became homo sapiens. So it is constantly running in the background. The interesting thing about our noggin, our brain here, is it makes up just 2% of our body mass yet consumes 20% of our calories or energy primarily for one function, and that is the survival of our being. So it's constantly spinning in the background. If we confuse it or if we bore it with our messaging, it will shut down because the brain wants to be lazy. It wants to conserve that energy for a fight or flight situation. That's why you want to be able to use the same patterns or that algorithm that that limbic system loves, cause and effect, problem solution, in your messaging. 
And that's why it's so powerful. We are not appealing to the logical brain. We are appealing to the emotional subconscious mind where all of our real buying decisions are being made. We just simply justify those purchases with our neocortex or our, you know, our frontal lobe. But that's not what you want to appeal to. You want to appeal to that limbic system. Fascinating. Okay. So Maybe you can give a couple more examples, uh, maybe from your own business park or others that you've coached, just so people can understand the and, but, and therefore, and then I have just maybe a one or two more questions for you, but let's just walk through maybe just a different kind of, maybe a couple different scenarios for different kinds of businesses. Like you're in the business, obviously, of selling knowledge, right? So I'm curious what yours is versus maybe somebody who's in the business of selling something else. Yeah. Well, mine, I kind of shared a little bit earlier is, I mean, this is my general overarching narrative, uh, ABT. Most executives communicate and care, but bore. Therefore, tell a story to hack through the noise and hook the hearts of your audiences. So that's my general overall approach of what I, you know, what I am sharing. And that begins with my ABT, but I'm going to change that depending who my audience is. I teach the same frameworks, but I'm going to have a different ABT for leadership as I will for salespeople, as I will for marketers, as I will for uh, human resources. That's the beautiful thing about the ABT. It gets you super focused on your audience. So it can be very simple is what I'm hearing you say. You said most executives communicate and, and care. And care. Okay. But bore, right? Yep. So this is fascinating. You chose just these simple words, communicate, care, bore, right? So why did you choose those three words? I'm just curious. Well, communicate is a, an action verb. Right. So it gets you, you know, you're right. They do communicate. So why do they communicate? Well, because they actually care. They mean well. They're, they're trying to actually communicate with you. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree with that. But bore, all of a sudden now, oh my God, you're calling us boring? We're boring? We, well, yeah, most of us do if we're not using story to engage people. And so that bore is in there is kind of a punch to the gut. It's pulling the carpet out from underneath you. Here is the single problem that you and everybody who's in sales or marketing are trying to overcome, and that's not be boring. When was the last time you were bored into buying anything? Therefore, you know, captivate your audiences with a story. That's all we're trying to do is just to set that up so the brain goes, oh, yeah, yep, that makes sense. Oh, God, you're right. That is a problem. Oh, so that's how you solve for it. It'd be that easy. After you're there for, you did insert an and. Does this mean you can start cycling these even deeper? Because I, rem you know, after you're there for, there was an and in there. <laughs> I heard it, you know. You can. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely can. All you're doing is trying to set up the you're there for with an and and a but. Now, in your statement of agreement, try to only use one and. I really say you only get one and. Okay. Keep it as simple and to the point as possible because once you start inserting another and, you are now com uh, making the story more complex and you're losing that singular narrative you're going for. One and, but you don't have it because of this, therefore here's how we can help you overcome it. And then you might throw an and in the therefore down there if you need to you know, continue to spell out how you are going to help them get what they want. So in your particular example, this is just like 25 seconds or whatever. What comes after that? You know, what does this make possible if you use this ABT simple methodology? Like what does it open the door for next for you to talk about? Well, then they'll say you're hoping to get them to lean in and say, God, you're right. So how do you do that, Park? <laughs> or give me an example. Uh, and then you go to an anecdotal story 
that you've already done your research and you can tell a story about a single individual who is a proxy for maybe a larger company to make your point and how they used your product or service to get what they want out of life because that audience can relate to an individual. It can't relate to two people, three people, a team, an organization, or whatever. And we as communicators often fall prey to that overgeneralization of just talking about a brand or a group of people when what our homo sapien brains is want, wants that one individual. So then I just throw to a story. I will share a story with you of how help somebody in the same situation that they're in through the power of story. You mentioned earlier the what and the how. And the what and the how, if I heard you correctly, comes in the therefore section. Am I correct on that? It does. And it can come in the but section too. If you get confused and you feel like your ABT doesn't have strength to it, make sure your what, what that main problem is, bore, comes right after but. So hear how weaker, how much weaker it is if I would say, all right, most executives communicate and care but really aren't having the impact in the life that they want to have because they bore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. that's not the problem. The problem is they bore and therefore not having the impact. Or, or And if, you know, if they're boring, they're not having the impact that they want to make. Therefore, tell a story to hook them. So you want the what problem directly after the but, and you want the what solution directly after you're there for, and then you can, you know, um, talk about each one of those a little more. So it's like, but bore because they aren't doing such and such and such. Therefore, connect with your audience or captivate an audience on a very primal level using the power of story. The what is captivating an audience. The how is through the primal power of story. Yeah. And if I hear you properly, when we're doing this and, but, and therefore, you said that in some cases you can open up with a story to demonstrate how it works. And if you're doing this, what and how thing, you could also explain how it works, right? Is that possible? Like, here's how this works. I mean, could you literally lay it out at that point? Sure. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is reading the body language of your audience. Are they with you? Have, have you? And you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their emotions. It's a little bit harder on Zoom, <laughs> granted, but you can still pick up on those cues and get them to lean in. And that kind of indicates then where you go. Do you need another story to really land the concept? Or can you avoid that? Do they get it because your ABT is so powerful, you are now moving into the what and the how of your deliverable? And what if you're communicating this over email or video? I mean, at that point, I would imagine you're just going to have to bake some of this stuff in, right? Yeah, well, emails are the greatest. I mean, that's the first thing I tell you people to do. Like I mentioned earlier, your next email where you have a call to action into it, take the time, sit down, burn some of those calories in your own brain so your reader doesn't have to, and write an ABT for it. Just start your email with the ABT. You're going to find that that email will probably end up being two-thirds to three-quarters as long as what it normally is. You know, use them there, use them everywhere. It requires you to burn the energy to get crystal clear on that ABT. Yeah. And as a result, your readers don't have to burn any energy because of everything we've talked about, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, do you know who Christopher Lockhead is? I don't know him personally, but I've heard his name. Yeah, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's written a couple great books. He's got a heck of a podcast out. He's a legendary Silicon Valley marketer. And I really admire his work. He does work in category design that I think is just phenomenal. And check out his book if any of you out there are in branding and category design. To me, it's the Bible on it. Anyways, he had me on a show a couple months ago. 
And I shared with him the ABT, and he had never heard about it before, and he was fascinated. And I showed him how I used it in some category design I did following his approach, but then overlaying the ABT on it to be able to really articulate it. It blew him away, and the next day, Christopher Lockett, and I've got this his tweet in front of me because he took a screenshot of this tweet, sent it to me, and he goes, I have never had – almost 61,000 engagements on a tweet within 12 hours before in my entire career. And he goes, it's got to be the ABT because I specifically intentionally wrote it as an ABT. And here's what he wrote. Most hashtag entrepreneurs would love to design a new category and build a billion dollar business. But there is so much hashtag startup bullshit on Twitter. It's hard to know who to listen to. Meet at David Sachs. He knows a few things. And then there's a link to his podcast featuring David Sachs. Huh, I love it. So there's another example of how to use the ABT in a quick little tweet. And the impact, it has 60,963 engagements within the first 12 hours blew him away. Park, I know some people listening right now want to go deeper. Where can they get whatever you want them to get? Where do you want them to go? Where would you send them? I've got two things for you. Number one, because so many of my clients had asked for it, I finally got it produced, Michael. I've got an 18-minute online course called The ABTs of Selling. You can find it at businessofstory.thinkific.com. Three short videos with me teaching you the and, teaching you the but, teaching you the therefore, and you have story assignments in it. So by the time you're done, you will have written several ABTs. And I even ask you, invite you to email me one, and I'll be happy to critique it, coach you on it or whatever. That's the ABTs of selling on Thinkific. And then Randy Olson and I just came out with a new book called, as you mentioned earlier, The Narrative Gym for Business. And he wrote a book called The Narrative Gym about this time last year, which was a more general approach to using the ABT, primarily for the science and academic communities. And because I'd been teaching it so much in the business, sales, and marketing content world, said, hey, why don't we rewrite this thing and make it specifically for business? So he agreed. We went back in, redid that book, and it's out now in Kindle, and the print version will be out in mid-August. And by the way, that's only a 75-page guide. It's a deep dive. Take you an hour and a half to get through it. Everything you need to know about the crafting of an ABT for your content marketing, you'll find in that book and in my course. Park, do you have a preferred social channel if people want to try to reach out to you on the socials? You know, LinkedIn is my preferred okay. one um, this day and age. And again, I have a weird name, so it's easy to find. Park. Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. And uh, you can certainly reach out through Facebook. We have a private Facebook group for Business of Story. But really, I'm most easily accessible on LinkedIn. Park Hall, thank you so much for answering my litany of questions related to your strategy. I really appreciate you helping us understand this. Well, I appreciate being here and you asked great questions, but... You never threw me under the bus on any one of them. I was waiting for that really hard question. Therefore, you have one more shot. Anything else you'd like to ask? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Park. You're awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Have a great day. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 472. And if you're new to the show, would you be sure to follow this show? We've got some amazing content coming your way. And if you're a longtime listener, would you be willing to help me out? Would you let your friends know about this show? 
If you want, you can tag me on Instagram. I am at Stelsner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.